The Squeeze is a free weekday email and podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Our weekday podcast is brought to you by ComBank, committed to being a better bank. Find out more at combank.com.au forward slash better. Good morning, I'm Claire Kimball. And I'm Kate Watson. It's Friday the 22nd of November. In your squeeze today, what to know about Bougainville? Smoke and dust around the country? The fallout for Westpac continues? Grammy nominations and nailing your royal accent? This is your squeeze today. Our lucky listeners today are in for a bit of a history lesson this morning, Claire. (laughs) The people of Bougainville, a small cluster of islands in the Pacific, are set to vote on becoming independent of Papua New Guinea and form their own nation. Tell us about Bougainville. So it was a German colony until Australia took control of it during World War One, and it remained in our hands until the mid-1970s. Uh, it then became a province of the independent Papua New Guinea in 1975, and then simmering discontent turned into a separatist war in 1988. It was the bloodiest fighting in the South Pacific, where up to 20,000 people were killed, which was more than 10% of their population. Uh, That fighting came to an end in the late 90s. There was a peace agreement signed in 2001 and that peace agreement has basically held until we get to this referendum. As you say, it's not a big place. 207,000 voters will take part in that referendum. What question is being put to the people? They're going to be asked whether they want more autonomy from Papua New Guinea or whether they want outright independence to form their own country. It's expected that that independence vote will get up. You mentioned it was an Australian territory for a good part of the last century. And then there's, of course, the proximity that means it's always of interest to us. But why else are we paying close attention? A couple of things. We've got strong emotional ties to Bougainville. It was a place where 30,000 Australian soldiers fought during World War II. 500 died there. But there's also a really big commercial side. A big part of that separatist war was anger over a mine called the Panjana uh, copper mine. It was operated by Rio Tinto, uh, of course, in Australian hands in those days. It was a 20% share, though, to the Papua New Guinean government. Lots of environmental damage from that mine, but also lots of wealth going out of Bougainville, and that really upset locals. So it was a big part of their history. Uh, It's also potentially a big part of their future, and Australian mining magnates like Twiggy Forest are taking a very keen interest in current events and looking what might be done with that mine and also their other mineral wealth into the future. We will keep you posted on the outcome of that referendum. Everywhere we look at the moment, whether it's north, south, east or west, there's fires. Claire, how did Victoria pull up after that code red warning yesterday? really terrible day there. Yesterday, 60 fires took off across the state. They had a really wild weather day, lightning strikes that were responsible for starting many fires, uh, high winds, dry conditions, and then a dust storm that hit Mildura, uh, but also um, sending dust further down the state and also engulfing Melbourne. So a really terrible day in Victoria. Authorities, though, are expecting conditions to stabilise today, which is good news for for them. For Sydney side, as it looks like that smoke haze will hang around a little bit longer but shouldn't be as bad as yesterday, likewise for those in Adelaide. 
It's been described as the largest women's health class action in Australian history. We're referring to that brought against Johnson & Johnson by 1,350 women who suffered debilitating side effects from a pelvic mesh implant. Women have had these pelvic mesh implants to help them manage things like pelvic floor damage, but there've been some devastating side effects from this particular one. We're talking about things like chronic and debilitating pain and incontinence, all sorts of other nasty things. But uh, what this victory has done is give women heart uh, and looking also around the world for companies like Johnson & Johnson that haven't uh, necessarily done their homework to make sure that they're safe. They could be in trouble in other cases. And the fallout from news this week that Westpac had breached anti-money laundering and counter-terrorism finance laws continues. Our Attorney General has weighed in. It matters what he says, Claire, because he's involved in the approval of any settlement with the bank. Yeah, that's right. Christian Porter says that a fine could be off the charts, particularly when you look at when uh, Commonwealth Bank was fined $700 million for 53,000 breaches. We're talking about 23 million breaches uh, of those money laundering and counter-terrorism finance laws. So that's not good news for Westpac. Also, it was interesting to see Prime Minister Scott Morrison yesterday. He was asked about it uh, doing media interview yesterday morning with ABC's AM program. He didn't say that Brian Hartzer, the CEO, should be sacked, but he went basically as far to that line as he possibly could go. He said they should have a good look at the the future of the leadership at Westpac, basically. Think very deeply about it, yeah. Think very very deeply, that was it. In Israel, Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu has been formally charged with bribery, fraud and breach of trust. He denies any wrongdoing. What's he accused of? He's accused of granting political favours in exchange for positive press coverage. That's one part of it. The other big part that's had a lot of attention is allegations that he's accepted gifts from wealthy businessmen, and we're talking about people including James Packer. They're charges that have been anticipated. It was flagged in February that that could happen. Happen. It also comes at a time when just in the last 24 hours, uh, Benny Gantz, who was from the Blue and White Alliance, was unable to form a government. So it's back to the drawing board there. The president uh, has asked those political parties to try and find a new prime minister, given it was a line ball election result last time. Uh, if they can't do that, it's back to the polls. Things are pretty rocky over there. Something a bit lighter. Grammy nominations are out. It's all about seven, although it's not lighter when you're talking about Billie Eilish, 17-year-old American <laughs> superstar. She can be a bit of a Debbie Downer, can't she? <laughs> I really like Billie Eilish, but that's sort of my <laughs> melancholic side, I guess. Um, I think she's terrific. She has absolutely scooped the pool for nominations. She's nominated in all of those big awards. We're talking about things like Song of the Year, Album of the Year, uh, Artist of the Year, all of that. So uh, she'll have her fingers crossed for a success there. Also, Lizzo has done really well, eight nominations. And Lil Nas X uh, has rounded out that trifecta. He had six nominations as well. Old Town Road. A little while to go until the awards at the end of January. A message now from our partner at The Squeeze Uber. As we dive headfirst into summer, a lot of us will be moving around our towns and cities from function to function using Uber. Whilst it'll mainly be a whole lot of fun, there are some steps that Uber has taken to ensure that we're safe while doing so. Stay listening at the end of the podcast as I chat with Carissa Simons from Uber about their top tips for getting around this summer. Friday Lights is a section at the bottom of the Squeeze Today email that every Friday gives you something 
a bit lighter. It is lighter today. For example, how to keep those white sneakers clean. <laughs> nice one. Nice one. I like that. The difference between meatballs, risoles and hamburgers. And that's obviously a very important topic. And mastering a royal accent, Claire, according to Helena Bonham Carter, who plays Princess Margaret in the third season of The Crown, it's all about keeping the top lip still. (laughs) I can't do a royal accent. I can see thousands of people now trying to do that, as you say, um, all sorts of (laughs) words that are impossible if you keep your top lip still, but give it a go. I spent or rather wasted a good 20 minutes yesterday trying to do just that, walking around the house on my own. I think my dog thought I was nuts. (laughs) Can we have a little preview? No, you cannot. (laughs) (laughs) Really? So close. Yes, so close. What's the email subject line? Deep purple, smoke on the water seems very appropriate, particularly if you're a Sydney cider. That's exactly what we've had and what we're going to have a bit more of today. Yeah, that's all from us today. Enjoy your Friday. We're thinking of all those people impacted by the fires, whether you live in an affected area or a part of the effort to combat them. Stay safe. We'll chat to you on Monday. The Squeeze is a free weekday email and podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Sign up at thesqueeze.com.au. Carissa, welcome to the Squeeze Today podcast. Thanks for having me. You're here to talk about keeping us safe during the party season. Of course, we don't want to put a dampener on people having a good time. Get out there, have fun. But having said that, over the years, Uber's identified a couple of things they can do to ensure people are a bit more safe. Firstly, let's talk about the spotlight feature on the Uber app. This is to help us make sure we're getting into the right car. Kind of important. Yeah, it is. It's very important. We definitely want people to go out and have a fun time. In fact, I remember my very first Uber ride, the first time I had the magic of someone pushing a button and a a ride just turned up, was actually after a friend's Christmas party when I was trying to figure out how to get home. So (laughs) it's a perfect time to you to get out and about using Uber. One thing we have noticed, particularly over sort of the busiest summer season, is that sometimes people can have a bit of trouble finding the right car. It's happening to me. Yes. Leaving a work Christmas party or there's just a lot of other people around trying to do the same thing. So we introduced the spotlight feature, which uh, if you look at the bottom right corner of your app, you'll see a little coloured circle. You can press on that. Your phone will light up a distinctive colour and your driver partner's phone will light up the same colour so you'll be able to find each other easily. We also rolled out new push notifications earlier this year, reminding people to check their ride before they hop in the car. So that's just matching the licence plate, the driver photo and the make and model of the car before you hop in. It just makes everything a little bit easier uh, when you're coming home after a night out. Because the licence plate is very small to see from a distance so it is easy to the spotlight to it. The, the spotlight sounds good definitely helps definitely helps now to two sentences that really have the same meaning that is i'll get an uber and i might have a few drinks tonight they're kind of the same thing what's uber's advice on being a responsible drinker Well, first, I do want to say that I think ride sharing has had a really positive impact on the way Australians think about drink driving. Mm. Um, So we actually did a survey earlier this year that found 77% of Australian Uber riders believe that Uber helps reduce drink driving in their community. And I was actually quite surprised that 75% said it had helped them personally avoid drink driving, either themselves as a driver or hopping in the car with someone who had been drinking. So I think that's hugely important. But if you are out drinking and you're using Uber to get home, a few pro tips. You can't leave an open alcohol container in the car and please definitely don't leave one behind. Uh, In Australia, you can lose access to the Uber apps and that includes Uber Eats as well. If your rating falls well below the average guidelines, uh, average minimum in your city. So alcohol is no excuse for poor behaviour during uh, the summer months. 
And if you're out with a friend who has had one too many, please don't just book a ride for them. Make sure they get from the club door to the car door to the front door. Yeah, take them home. It's good advice. Good advice. Um, if you do take your friend home, you can split the cost of an Uber with them. That's yes. a good feature. So many people don't know that you can do this, and I wish I do wish it was something that more people knew how to do. So just before or during the ride, you just need to swipe up from the bottom of the app, tap your selected payment method, tap split fare, and enter the names or the phone numbers of the people you're sharing with. They'll get an alert to accept that. Hopefully they do accept it. And if there's one tip you could give people this party season, what would it be? I would tell people to turn on the share your trip feature. Um, so this feature, GPS tracking is a wonderful thing with ride sharing. And it means that you can just turn on this feature and you can let friends or family know the details of your trip in real time. So mm. that includes the driver's details, um, the route you're on, your ETA, and they can follow you on the map, even if they don't themselves have the Uber app. Um, I have mine automatically set up to share with my husband uh, during evening hours or when I'm traveling overseas and he finds it really handy and uh, it sometimes means he's even there to open the door for me when I get home. That's good hopefully with Uber Eats or something. That's the idea. That's the idea. Carissa thank you for joining us at The Squiz. Thanks so much for having me. This interview is presented by our partner at The Squiz, Uber. Uber.